I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Welcome to the world in sport. I'm Ben Robinson-Drawbridge. Coming up, a prominent Vanuatu football club is forced to wind up over a massive FIFA fine. Fiji loses its grip on the Pacific Nations Cup and Tonga in good shape for the Rugby World Cup. The celebrated Vanuatu football club Amakal is winding up after being fined more than US$50,000 by FIFA. Founded in 1929, Amakal twice reached the final of the Oceania Champions League in 2011 and 2014. Club president Alain Jacobi says Amakal and the Vanuatu Football Federation were fined over problems with International Transfer Certificates, or ITCs, and the Transfer Matching System, or TMS. When I took back the clubs back in 2013, I tried all my best to uh, build up you know, the foundation with uh, more than 200 kids uh, training at day. So every Saturday we have some tournament day with uh, our sponsors. And uh, suddenly we got fined by the FIFA in March this year. And that was uh, from previous management. Uh, we, we were we was importing uh, foreign players to come and play for Amical back in the, you know, when Amical was really strong in the O-League. And the problem was that uh, it's uh, between one of the football federation and uh, Amical FC that um, they didn't really follow the FIFA regulation on uh, ITCs and uh, TMS. So this ended up with uh, having both fine uh, the federation and the clubs. But I was feeling a bit uh, betrayed by the federation because um, I didn't expect any fine from this. And uh, my question was why, how we can get fined without uh, having any notice before that he said FIFA is doing everything as clear and as small between us and our football federation. But at the end of the day, when you get fined like this and there's no communication between us and the governing body, uh, I sent so many emails to get some answers back. Nothing came up. So we just decided to switch from football to different things. So we, we will continue um, our journey helping people in popular when probably one or two, but not, not more in football. We will probably go on to something else. What sort of fines have you had to pay? How much? 53,000 Switzerland francs. I have tried more of my best to get communication and try to discuss an email and have an agreement and try to find a solution between us and the Federation, but it never happens up. So um, I feel that um, we as a club trying all our best and then we don't have any response back. The fine you mentioned, 52,000 Swiss francs, was that a fine just for the club or was that a fine for the club and the Vanuatu Federation as well? 
Actually, there was two fines. One, there was two cases. One, um, the Federation was fined about 55,000 Switzerland francs because of the uh, they didn't train the clubs to... Um, there's a bit of regulation when you go and transfer things. The TMS, uh, we didn't have any training on it, so VFF was fined for this. And we would get fined because we didn't get any reports back um, to FIFA about the wages the players get during that time. But the thing is, we we am at a club and we didn't know about all those regulations. So now we know it, we get fined for it. And um, this is why I told the guys yesterday, all the president yesterday of the clubs in Port Vila, that please try to make sure that this history will not be repeated for for them, guys. Because um, being fined fifty three thousand Switzerland in Vanuatu is quite big money. So um, I know that from FIFA point of view, it's quite small. From us, um, it's quite expensive. Uh, I installed, you know, a semi-professional um, team, and all the players from the last three years were were get paid. It's not a big money, but just incentives that they all get during those those last three years. And running the clubs with uh, fees, and then you get fined again. And uh, there was no communication, and I was that's why I feel be, I feel betrayed from the governing body. So yeah, it would seem very punitive because it means that the club can no longer function. Is there no recourse? Is there no way that you can uh, appeal the fines? We can appeal. We can put um, federation to court, but um, I don't want, you know, this is um, going to make some mess and uh, for the goodness of football, I prefer that we step down and let the things go, but we just want to say thank you to all those people that helps us, sponsors, all the supporters, all the players. But I believe that um, it's time to turn the page and go on to something else. What do you think were the greatest moments in Amakal's history? Started in 29 and uh, 1929, and uh, from the time until uh, now, they won so many trophies back when my father was playing yet. So yeah, and then we just came up, and I think the best moment was. Uh, on the Olic, but this is not the same football from the past and now. So I think we did have some great moments, so many great players. I hope that uh, other clubs now will take uh, the challenge and uh, try to do what we did. A lot of people in New Zealand remember Amakal, certainly from the 2014 Oceania finals when you pushed Auckland City very close. Yeah, yeah, I think it was um, Amical was in the early for the last. Uh, I think during that time from 2013 to 2017, I think. And we got to final two times, and uh, yes, and I think Auckland City really was uh, one of the club Amical was one of the club that Auckland was a bit afraid of. But this is part of football life, and uh, we need we need to move on here. Yeah. Alain Jacobi from Amical FC. Fiji rugby coach John McKee says while he's disappointed not to have retained the Pacific Nations Cup or the PNC, losing could improve Fiji's World Cup prospects. Fiji lost the opening game of the PNC to Japan, who went on to win the tournament. Fiji came second after wins over Canada and Samoa. McKee says learnings from losing the title could strengthen his World Cup team. Well, yeah, it's been a quite intensive five weeks with five matches and, and you know, with a large squad and, and all our trainings and so forth. I mean, for me, um, I feel we're making good progress, but we do have, still have a lot of work to do in the final weeks leading up to the Rugby World Cup. Have you noticed any sort of differences or specific sort of areas of the game where you've either progressed or where the concern is in terms of 
I guess that first couple against the Maori followed by the PNC. Do you, do you notice any significant difference between those first couple and then the last few? For us, I guess it's been um, been getting our team combinations operating. You know, you're trying to trying to balance um, giving you know all the squad members um, some opportunity and some game time, but also also working towards what the combinations are likely to be towards World Cup has probably been made our, made our game preparation probably a little disruptive. You know, I think our, our training program, our training sessions have been been very good, but with the changes of personnel week to week, we probably quite haven't hit the, the rhythm we would have liked to in our, in our matches thus far. Yeah, and I guess you've been lucky. You've been able to play, I think, three of those matches are at home, of course, uh, and then you got the trip up to Japan, which, um, you know, at this time of year, I think everyone's pretty open to having uh, that sort of dry run up in Japan and, and getting a feel for what you're going to get later in the year. Um, so, so you've only got the one match left against um, against Tonga, is that right? Yeah, so we play Tonga on the 31st of August in Auckland. It'll be a final final hit out before meeting um, Australia on September 21. So you know, we've got the boys are having a bit of a little bit of R&R this week with um, some days out of camp. It will come back in on the weekend for, a, for a, it would be a a pretty tough week's training next week and then, then the, the match lead into our game in Auckland. And and with that one game, I mean, you must be pretty close in your mind uh, as to who those final uh, 31 players are going to be. Um, how how much opportunity do those fringe players have in that one final test match to, to impress you and, and force their way into the squad? Our World Cup squad will be named before then. So once we play Tonga, we're very much fine-tuning for Rugby World Cup and We'd be looking to play a team in that which would be pretty close to the team who will play the opening game. You know, get that important, um, you know, match combinations in the game situation ahead of our first rugby world cup game. Now, I guess is what where you put your thinking cap on with your coaching staff and uh, and work out exactly who you want and, and what combinations work and uh, what you're going to take to Japan. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, like you know, there's been you know, it's been ongoing. Look, you know, reviewing our players and and where they all stand. But now that the now that the first phase of our preparations behind us, here we'll be having a close look at the final makeup of the squad this week. Uh, in terms of at the weekend against Samoa, a real grind there, and you guys resisted a lot of pressure at the end there. Uh, you know, I guess defensively, you only conceded three points, so you'd be pretty ecstatic at that. But uh, you know, it was a was a tough arm wrestle. Yeah, look, it was like a very physical, um, Pacific Island clash. You know, we often often see those when the two Pacific teams play each other and be it with, with maybe a high score line. But, you know, for me, you know, very pleased with our defensive effort. I thought the the boys worked very hard, you know, um, collectively and with their work right around their defence and, and resisting what was a lot of pressure thrown at us from Samoa. In our attack, you know, we lacked a little bit of rhythm and, and really, you know, some critical turnovers that, critical moments of the game when we could have been a little bit more patient with the ball, you know, that didn't allow us to build any pressure against the, the Samoan team. So so for me that was that aspect of the game was was frustrating and certainly something we have to uh rectify going forward, but you know, out, out of the weekend, full marks for our defensive effort. Is the team roughly where you want them to be? Do you feel you're behind ahead? Uh, how, how do you sort of feel about where you sit at this point? It's always one of those things that's hard to gauge. But I would say that we definitely need to lift up our ability to play high intensity rugby. You know, which is which is what we're working on. You know, week in week out in our, our camps. Probably our some some clarity around our 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 game plan. You know that 
and it will actually help to reduce down to you know the Rugby World Cup squad there. I think you know we we, we made a few errors on the weekend, and I'd put it down to you know like a bit of lack of game clarity leads leads to a to a mistake. You know we've got to iron that out. But certainly you know we know the intensity of Tier One Test matches is is going to be a higher level than um, than those games in the in the PNC. And it was very hot in Japan. Uh, you guys played there, and Tonga played up there as well. Um, is that heat meant to stay around during the World Cup? Do you think that's going to be a factor? The average temperatures at that time of year, when the World Cup starts, are probably around you know low to mid twenties. So that's not too bad. There are some people in Japan saying that the, that the summer has actually been a bit later this year, so that so that high temperatures may may drift into into the start of the World Cup. But we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, certainly you know we're training here in Fiji, so we're used to the the warm weather. That's for sure. I mean, for me, the interesting thing across the World Cup is there's quite a change in temperature between when the World Cup starts and through to the final. There's quite a significant drop in temperature through autumn in, into winter. So, so that's that's probably more of a factor than a, than a hot start. The Flying Fijians coach John McKee. The Tonga rugby coach Totai Kefu says he's pleased with the fitness and conditioning gains his players have made as they build up to September's World Cup in Japan. The Akali Tahi could only manage one win over Canada out of three games in the recent Pacific Nations Cup, but have three more warm-up matches before the World Showcase. Kefu says getting the win helped his team buy into the game plan set by coaches. He says his players are in good shape after a month in camp. Four weeks. We had together were pretty intensive. Like we did a lot of, lot of training, and we loaded the boys up um, a lot. So um, I think it was important just to break camp for about four or five days, and then and then regather um, at the end of the week. And uh, from from Tonga's perspective, uh, Toto, obviously you were chasing that win. You you finally got that win on uh, Friday night. Um, not nice to chalk one up on the board. Yeah, definitely. I think it was important that we we get a win, especially. Considering the last four weeks of training have been pretty pretty tough on the boys, um, they certainly didn't feel too fresh leading into into any of the games. Um, probably Canada, the Canada week after such a, a long travel um, after Japan, it was probably our lightest week, and, and and we didn't plan to freshen them up. We wanted to continue working them hard, but um, we, we we probably we took a day off last week, which which the boys really needed. I think that was the only day off we had the whole tour, actually. And they got the they got the result in the end, which was good. Obviously, prior to that match, you'd talked about the fitness not being quite up to standard yet, and that was something you're working on, that those guys that needed to get a little bit more in the legs um, w- w- would be playing again. So um, is that still one of your key focuses going forward? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've come a long way already. We had some, we made some big shifts in terms of uh, weight loss and some body fat loss. Uh, we also made some huge shifts in terms of our intensive running, and that, and that was only the full week. So, after this short break, we'll we'll continue to do that um, once we reassemble, um, and then just keep chipping away as we get towards the World Cup. What have you learned about your players and your squad over these last uh, few weeks, Toto? I think. Um, They've bought into what we've we're, we're trying to trying to build here, um, so that's been fantastic. Without the buy-in, a lot of this that we're doing probably would have been very difficult. Um, and also, we've had some usual just issues around um, gear and and travel. Um, so they're a resilient bunch, the Tongan boys. Um, you know, a lot of things can go wrong as they do with Tier Two nations. 
and they just seem to bounce back really well and, and, and forget about it and move on. So, you know, I've, I've learned that these boys are, are a very resilient bunch. And you've obviously been involved with the Tongan team previously at a World Cup, so uh, how, how do you sort of feel about where the team is at with months to go? We're, we're, we're going well, you know, we're, we're just chipping away every week trying to get better. We're trying to make some shifts, and I've, as I've already mentioned, in terms of their their physical preparation um, and their physical fitness uh, and, and just their body shape. So that's coming along really well. Um, we just got to keep at it. Um, in terms of our game plan, that's that's coming along slowly. We we think we've got a way to play the game that'll get us um, some positive results, and we've well, the players are starting to buy into that. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just all about spending time together and and then just keep working on those things that'll get us the wins. And uh, in terms of your squad, uh, speaking with your Fijian counterpart John McKee, they've got just that one match or against you, of course, uh, uh, in Auckland prior to the World Cup and uh, left for them now, and, and they're going to name their squad before that. Do you know when you what day you'll be revealing your squad yet? We, we, we've got a we've got a squad of 32 um, reassembling in Tonga, um, and we'll look to cut that down by by one player. Um, at least at Fiji week. Um, so um, we, we, we kind of got our head around about who we want to pick. Well, there's probably just a few little few little loose ends that we like to just um, keep keep looking at and keep tracking to see um, see what suits us best. I know you're obviously still pretty hopeful for uh, Nasi Manu and Talusa Vainau and Siona Kalamafoni you touched on were still in the conversation, in the mix. Um, uh, are they included in that? 30, that wide of 32, or are they on top of that? Yeah, no, they're included. Um, they'll, they'll join us at different times along uh, our preparation. So Nasi will, will probably join us once we get to New Zealand. Um, Kalamafoni will, will, will join us at the end of the week when we when we reassemble in Tonga. Toulouse uh, is also joining us um, while we're in Tonga. So they're, they're, they're looking good. They're promising if they keep progressing with their rehab. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that um, nothing goes wrong and that they're available once we hit Japan. Yeah, and obviously you do still have those two matches. You've got uh, the Pacifica Challenge game in Auckland, of course, against Fiji, your final one, but you do have that very special match in, in Nikolofa at Tafaiva Stadium against the Western Force, which, uh, whilst not international opposition, obviously just you know that chance to play in Tonga and uh, play at home and connect with that local community uh, will be pretty special as well as obviously being a valuable hit out. Yeah, that's the main reason why we're doing it, just to to give something back to the uh, our supporters and our fans back in Tonga. You know, we wanted to bring a game to them. Um, we wanted to reconnect with them, and and hopefully we can have a win, and 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 they can see us off off, off on a positive note towards towards the World Cup. So uh, it's a very important week for us next week, and. And, and we need to play as many games as possible. So it was a it was a win-win situation for us. Any injury concerns coming out of Canada on, on top of the, the other boys or all OK? No, just the usual bumps and bruises. Um, um, everyone's everyone's come through the four weeks pretty good, except for Nussie. Uh, but we're pretty confident that he'll get through his rehab in the next couple of weeks and join us in New Zealand. So... Um, the four weeks of, of uh, during the PNC have absolutely been valuable for us. Tonga rugby coach Totai Kefu. And that's the world in sport for this week. Au far.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.